0: You're listening to Page Up with Dr. Angela Loria, Episode 5 The Biggest Mistake First Time Authors Make. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Page Up. This week, we're going to talk about the biggest mistake that authors make. And the reason why I want to talk about this is that I see it over and over again. And in fact, just this week, I was uh, talking to somebody who wanted to work with the author incubator. And she said, but I already have my book done. Can you just help me promote it? And then I felt like I was back in this conversation that I have had so many times, which I think is one of the biggest surprises to people. But when your book is written, over 80% of your marketing opportunities are, are already fixed. And so it's very challenging to market a book that hasn't been written to accomplish the goal that you now want it to accomplish. So a lot of people don't know this, but different books do different things. So we have uh, three primary types of books that we work on, um, client attraction books, and then we also work on lead generation books that really grow your list, and on uh, platform speaking books. And they're all very different, and there are lots of other different types of books, but those are the three that we work with the most. And very often, people will want a platform-seeking opportunity out of a book that's more of a lead gen book, or they'll want lots of leads from their book that is more of a client-closing book. If somebody's thinking about working with you and they read that book, that will help close them. And so if you don't know why you're writing your book and you don't understand the distinctions between the the types of books that are out there, um, you make this mistake of writing your book first. And when I see that, uh, when I see authors do that, I really wish that they knew this secret. So... Uh, as you as you may know, I have a 10-step formula that I teach my clients, um, and those 10 steps, I call it the difference process, writing is actually step number seven. So there are six critical, critical things that you need to do before you write your book. So I want to talk about uh, a few of those today. And why uh, why I think that doing some, if not all, of these steps beforehand are going to help you to not waste your time on your book. And there's another thing, too, which is that on a subconscious level, your your inner author, your higher self, your greatest wisdom knows when you're wasting your time on something. And very often, it will be hard to finish your book. And it will be hard to finish your book because you uh, are not writing it for the same reasons, for the right reasons, or you're not writing it as efficiently as you could. And so it feels like being stuck. But this feeling of being stuck is actually a message from your inner author that you have an opportunity here you're missing. So... I want to help you not get stuck, and I want to help you not fall into the trap of starting by writing your book. So here are some of the things before you write your book to think about. First, defining your ideal reader, so knowing who you're going to write for. So a lot of people, when they start by writing, are writing to everyone, or they're writing to women 35 to 55, and the books that really make a difference and find their audience weren't written for everyone. Now, that's one of the things that has certainly changed in the publishing industry. Um, there's no doubt about it. Publishing has changed dramatically in the 20 years that I have been involved. And earlier, um, in earlier in history, when there was a concept of limited shelf space, so meaning they could only fit so many books in the bookstores and you could only get books in bookstores, you wanted to write for the broadest audience possible. Well, now with the Internet, that's actually different. And with the way that search engine marketing works, in order for people to find you in this onslaught of books, really you will have much more success if you write for someone specific. So instead of women, 35 to 55, actually picking one woman that you're writing for and knowing this woman inside and out. And it seems to people like that's making their market smaller, but in a bizarre twist of book writer irony, um, by actually defining your audience before you write and defining that ideal reader specifically you will actually reach a broader audience. And so it's a a little bit paradoxical. But when you focus in on one person, it helps people who even aren't that person understand how to interpret your book. The next thing you want to do um, before you fall for the uh, mistake of starting to write is know who you are. So a lot of people think that's obvious. They just have the one voice they use when they write. But here's an experiment that you can try is take your same book concept and pick one little idea from it where you could write maybe 250 words about one one concept you want to share or one story that you want to tell and take that concept and write it in a few different voices. So try it if you were being motherly, how it would sound. And try it if you were being an investigative journalist. And you can even do my favorite, which is pretend you're writing a Wikipedia entry. How would that story sound? So you can see how dramatically your voice changes when you pick a different part of yourself to write from. So when we do step three, which is framing the outcome you want for your book, then we can really zone in to make sure that voice matches the outcome that you are hoping for. So if your outcome is to be a platform speaker, then in your book you need to speak like you're going to speak from the stage. Um, We need to hear how you'll sound as a speaker. If you want to be an individual coach, then we want a very intimate book where it sounds like you are personally coaching me so I get a taste of that experience. So you really want to identify your ideal reader and um, and you want to know your voice and you want to make sure they go together with what your outcome is. So is your ideal reader connected to your voice in a way that they would take the next? Now, there are three more steps before you write. The next one is to focus your author mojo, and that's getting really clear on when and how you write best. So I talk about uh, Stephen Pressfield's approach about bursting or plotting. I think that's a helpful distinction for people. Personally, I like to write in eight-hour chunks and be really focused for a long period of time. But I had one client who wrote her book in 15-minute increments. So she broke her book up uh, into about 200-word chunks. In 15 minutes, she could write 200 words, and that was about all she wanted to focus at once. So there are three components to your author mojo to think about. One, for how long do you want to write? Two, where do you want to write? Where are you most productive? Are you most productive at a desk or in your bed, or do you need to buy a a table that will fit with your couch that puts your computer at the right height when you're sitting on your couch where Where do you need to write, and what do you need to to make that the most comfortable space possible and then the third element of of focusing your author mojo is. What time of day are you most productive? So are you most productive waking up early in the morning? Are you a night owl? But when, where, and for how long? If you answer these questions first, it's going to help us on step number six. Um, But the last piece of the puzzle before we get to step number six is envisioning your success. So what for the book? We need to know that before we start writing. And here's the tricky piece of this. You want to write your book from the perspective, of course this is going to happen, right? So if if this were exactly what we're going to happen, how would you write your book? Who would you hire to help you? How would you execute the cover or the process of finding an agent if the success that you envision was going to happen. So that also is going to change your book and you want to make sure all these things are in alignment. So for instance, if you really want to do workshops with the same name as your book and you've defined an ideal reader who you'd love to come to these workshops and you've identified a voice for yourself that matches a workshop leader, and your outcome is doing one workshop every month for 20 people. And you figure it out when you're most successful writing. And now we envision you a year after the book is done. And for envisioning your success, sometimes I, I suggest people create a vision board or a video of their life as an author. Well, if you were doing all those things and you selected certain traditional publishers, you wouldn't be able to run that workshop. Um because it's very likely your publisher would not grant you those permissions to the IP of your book that they've purchased. So you need to envision your success so that you can act as if you were the person who that was going to happen for, which by the way, is the most likely way to make it happen. So if you're just doing what most authors do, if you build it, they'll come. The only thing missing from the equation is me writing, then you'll have a book that's written because that's what you've been envisioning the whole time, my book written. But if you're envisioning yourself on a stage in front of 200 people, what kind of investments would you be making in your book? Who are the people that are speaking in front of audiences of 200 or 2,000 or 20,000, and where are they investing? Where are they investing their time, their resources? Um, who is on their team, how can you get those people on your team. So when you have these five pieces of the puzzle in place, your ideal reader, your voice, your outcome, understanding your author mojo and really knowing what success feels like, not just what it looks like, but what it feels like. Then you can move on to step number six, Uh, which is where you write an outline for your entire book. And it's an outline that matches the voice that we've talked about, that serves a problem of the ideal reader that we've discussed, and that leads to the outcome that you have uh, for yourself or framed for yourself. And when we write that outline, we want to add page counts and dates. You'll write each section. And those page counts and dates will be tied to your author mojo. So if you are a night owl, you might be putting in July 21st from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. that you're going to write a certain chapter because you know that's when you're productive. You might be carving out a weekend to write your book and breaking your book down into two-hour writing assignments. So that outline... Uh, really needs to take into account the first five steps. And then what I recommend is you true that back. You look at the outline and say, does this match what my ideal reader wants? Does this fit with the voice that I want? Will this get me the outcome I want? Do I have a schedule that I'm going to keep because it's in line with my author mojo? And when I envision my success, is this the exact plan I would be following to get this outcome? Now, when you've done those six steps, you are ready to write. You are ready to start putting pen to paper at that point. And if you start that sooner, what will happen is you will most likely hit a wall and not finish your book. Now, it's possible that you will finish your book, but it won't get you the results that you hoped for. So if you start by writing, there are two most likely outcomes. One, you don't get the outcome that you wanted. Two, you don't finish it at all, and therefore you don't get the outcome you wanted. So to get the outcome you want, you really want to take these steps first. So why don't people do it? What is the root cause of this mistake? Because, again, it's a mistake that is made over and over and over again. And really the way to guarantee you will never make this mistake is to understand why you would be attracted to it. So I want to talk to you about something I call the author shame spiral. So many people who want to write a book believe that what they need to do is simply write The reason they believe this is writing is a skill that most of us have most of us know how to write and have experience writing whether it's you know emails or papers for school or whatever it is that you have written and the fact that we have done writing before makes us think we know how to write a book but the truth is writing a book is a different skill and it's a skill most people don't have because frankly why should they like why should somebody know how to write a book? That is definitely not something you're taught in school. It's probably not something you learned in college. and maybe you have a parent who's written a book or a friend who's written a book. but for the most part, people's experience writing books is pretty limited now, certainly, there are some people who have written a hundred books or more, but unless you're James Patterson you really should not know how to write a book. That's not something you should know how to do. And yet, the things people do to learn how to write a book are very often focused on the, I will say, the art or the craft of actually writing. So writing skills, being able to tell a great story, being able to communicate your your message or your voice Those are certainly important skills um, that you need to write a book, but they are not actually the skill of writing a book. They're really the skill of writing. So if you're going to writer's workshops or reading books about writing um, or maybe practicing writing with writing prompts, those those are teaching you writing skills, but they are not teaching you how to write a book. Structuring a book, especially a book that makes a difference, is a totally different game. And so most people are just going about it all wrong because why should they know better? Why should they know how to write a book? So when you realize, hey, people who have written books may know something, particularly books that have the kinds of successes that you are hoping for yourself, they may know something or they may have learned something that I don't know. And that's really where you have the opportunity to up-level your game. So certainly you can hack your way into getting a book finished. But do you just want a book that's done or do you want to do it excellently? If you're going to make an investment of your time this big, have a, a legacy piece creating something this significant, Do you really just want to do that on the cheap or kind of hack it together from various ideas? Or do you want to make sure if you're doing this that you do it right? So most people don't realize that they have the ability to do their book better and to get the success on the back end in terms of sales and lives changed. If they make some investments on the front end on teachers who have done the exact kinds of books that they want to do. Now, this is one of the major advantages to working with an agent who has gone through the book process many, many times is they are going to be able to help catch you when you go off the rails or when you're expecting something that's not likely to happen automatically. So that is really the main reason why people make this mistake. They're just doing their best. They're trying to be proactive. It seems like the logical first way to write a book. And there are definitely lots of myths out there that the reason you're not writing your book is that you're not writing your book. Well, that's true to some extent, but there is definitely a lot more to it than just writing. In fact, what most authors will tell you is writing their book was 10% or less of the entire job of being an author. So when you look at the life of an author of coming up with ideas of understanding their market viability, of testing those ideas, of interviewing, uh, and of really making all of the adjustments needed to reach your ideal reader and to get that message through. Writing, yes, is an important part of it. Um, But these other steps are so important as well that writing is really, like I said, just about 10% of the process. And here's the thing. If you write an email, really writing the email is probably at least 50% of it, maybe crafting your response, maybe you have to talk to somebody about how you want to respond to a certain email. There might be 50% other stuff that you have to think about for to write an email at most. Sometimes writing an email is just, just about writing it. There's not even that much outside stuff. So you're done. But when you write a book or when you decide to be an author, you are signing up to write as part of that, but you're signing up for a much bigger, broader package. And so that's the question that I would say. I would say writers write, but authors write a book. And so do you just want to write because you want to have a little outlet for your stress or for your ideas, just like you might pick up running or pottery? Is writing a hobby for you? Or do you want to write as a way to build your business and grow your platform and develop loyal readers and customers? Because if it's the latter, and if you want to make that bigger uh, commitment, then you really need to do these other steps first. Um, so what I'm going to do is I will post over at the authorincubator.com slash five I will post a copy of the 10 steps to writing a book that makes a difference uh, along with a recording of this show uh, at the authorincubator.com slash five. And we'll also post this up with our page up podcast. This, um, and uh, this will sort of be cross posted on book journeys and page up. You can of course find page up over at iTunes and subscribe to that and make sure you subscribe to Book Journeys as well. Um, Because really, this is a mistake that I don't want my listeners to have to make. And there are just a few adjustments that you can make in doing this other work first before you get to the writing, or if you have gotten to the writing, putting the writing on hold until you follow these steps. When you do that, you are going to be so much closer to having a book that makes a difference. This has been another episode of Page Up, where we help nonfiction authors write a book that makes a difference. If you like the show today, be sure to tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. Check out our sister show, Book Journeys, also on iTunes. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list at www.theauthorincubator.com where you can learn more about how you can get your book written.